Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. St. Louis's low cost of living is often a selling point for the region. Why move to New York or San Francisco when houses here sell for a fraction of our coastal counterparts? But a new report by the Metropolitan St. Louis Equal Housing and Opportunity Council, better known as EHOC, suggests that St. Louis isn't so affordable for everyone, especially renters. It's a zip code level analysis, and it suggests that across the city of St. Louis, rents are rising faster than in the metropolitan region as a whole. In fact, some neighborhoods in the city's central corridor and within South City rose two or three times as fast as the greater metro area. Joining me in studio to talk about it is the report's author, Glenn Burley. Glenn, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. For those of you listening, have you been affected by rising rents in St. Louis City? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So, Glenn, overall, the metro area is showing modest growth in fair Mm -hmm. market rent. What made you want to take a look at the data on a more granular level? Uh, Well, simply because... You know, the general public, as you say, often sees reports about how affordable St. Louis is to um, live in compared to many other markets. Uh, But for people that actually live here already, uh, it's almost neither here nor there. Um, When you're comparing a market that has a much much higher minimum wage or something like that uh, compared to St. Louis, you're not really making an apples-to-apples comparison. Salaries just aren't as high here. Right. And so, you know, we wanted to make a report that let the general public see what is happening within the market, right? We often talk about how fragmented we are as a region. Um, That also goes into our real estate market is very fragmented. Um, and so we want to be able to uh, provide data to the general public showing where rents are going up both faster and slower than the metropolitan area on average within the city and county. Now, I feel like these results might surprise people who haven't been apartment hunting in a while. Um, one thing that I found kind of eye-popping is that you report that 63103, which is a downtown St. Louis zip code, it's showing a 10% increase per year over this period you surveyed. What is driving such a sharp increase? Well, there's a number of things um, happening. So I you know, I, first of all, I, I want to say that uh, the city in general is rising faster than the metropolitan area. So the Central Corridor is rising a little over twice as fast. South City is rising almost twice as fast. Uh, even North City is rising faster than the metropolitan area. Only 63107, which has the Hyde Park Academy, or Hyde Park, uh, College Hill, and a few other neighborhoods, uh, grew slower than the metropolitan um, statistical area. That's in North St. Louis. They're, right. they're the only exception to this upward trend. They, uh, the only zip code entirely within the city. So they, there is a pocket of uh, rents in North County, um, the inner ring suburbs of North County that are dropping, and some of those zip codes dip into the city for a little bit of their area. Uh, but as far as zip codes that are entirely within the city, that's that's the case. Okay. Um, and so what's happening uh that we see, you know, so take 63103. So uh, housing values rebounded there slower um, than many other neighborhoods at the end of the crash. Uh, So at the end of the crash, folks that lived here at the time may have remembered there was a lot of, you know, sort of empty lofts and things downtown. Um, It took a while for that particular market slack to be 
taken up essentially but post- but now that's happened but now, but Clearly. yeah ex- exactly but but that did happen by the time we're talking here okay right so um so we- they were kind of catching up so you see a bigger increase right. because of the fact they were lagging right okay. and it, it, exactly so it, you know they essentially started with a greater amount of surplus but habitable apartments than many other zip codes around them and as they were filled up um you know and mainly after they filled up, rents began to increase faster. Okay. Now, in general, um, these zip codes in the city where you're seeing big increases basically across the city, is this because fancy new projects are, are coming on the market, or is it landlords just realizing they can charge more? Um, so it, it is not um, fancy projects coming onto the market. So uh, I when folks go to our website and read the report, you know, they, we do talk about the methodology. So um, the methodology of the report, so a fair market rent for 2019, which is the last year, and this report is based on census data from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so any building that didn't exist before 2016, any units that were not filled, there was not a person there to answer the questionnaire. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in fact, uh, HUD discounts responses from people that are in buildings that have been open for less than two years because there's a premium for brand new um, apartments that have opened. So actually, uh, the youngest building that could possibly have been included in this would have opened in 2014. Wow, because we've seen some big new projects that have been built in the city since then. Right. If you revisit these same numbers in say seven years, you might see something even bigger. Right, and, and so and and that's the thing we you know when folks are looking through the data, uh, you, you may see uh, say six three one one zero that has had a chroma and a number of you know fairly large developments open up in the past year. This is so. the Grove neighborhood, basically. Yes. Um, and you know it on paper in this report it may not look like rents are rising in that neighborhood at the speed you would expect with those buildings coming online but they weren't included in this data right so uh you know what we do see in the data though is that areas that had already um had rising home values uh you know we see that that is already translating right so if you if you're looking at these numbers and you're thinking wow but that's got to be because of new buildings coming into the area. What about the already existing apartments? This is the already existing apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the rents for those specific units, those new units coming online, would not be reflected in these things. But if a building next to you opens and the landlord increases your rent, right, mm-hmm. and you get that next survey, it's going to be in there, even though that building's ha- inhabitants wouldn't be counted for another full year later, right? So th- this is a look at existing, pre-existing rental units within the market. Okay. So for homeowners, um, this is probably good news. Have you faced pushback from people who are like, yep, rising housing costs, that's going to actually benefit my bottom line? Uh, well, you know, much as... Uh, it being relative whether or not St. Louis prices are lower than other metropolitan areas, even within our own population, things are relative. Uh, so affordability is not an absolute term. Um, HUD defines affordable as far as how much money you're spending out of your income as 30% of the household income going to housing. Um, 
you know, just to give people some ideas of the level of uh, rent burden in the area. So within the Promise Zone area, which would be North City and much of North County, uh, about 60% of the population is housing cost burden, which means they're paying over that 30%. Um, and in uh, within the African-American community, within the city limits itself, uh, close to one in three families, households, is paying over half their uh, monthly income to housing costs. Uh, so, you know, affordability is very relative depending on your household's income, mm -hmm. right? And focusing on some of these things also, uh, I think a lot of times folks try and oversimplify the gentrification and displacement conversation to make it easy, and it's just not. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, Sometimes you will hear folks say, well, there can't be gentrification in an area because rent burden rates are not increasing or are even falling in a particular zip code. Uh, it, that's the opposite of the truth. The truth is that uh, as higher income and wider populations move into an area, they're already less likely to be rent burdened than the existing population. Um, so it's not that everybody there can afford the apartments that was that were there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's that the mix of people in the apartments has changed, and, and many times their incomes have gone up, which makes it look like there's less uh, cost burden in an area. So what is EHOC hearing from local residents on this issue? Like, anecdotally, does the evidence bear out the idea that there are people being priced out of neighborhoods that they have lived in for a long time? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as part of my job, uh, I do outreach for uh, the council. Um, so I do tennis rights trainings at places across the city. And um, I can absolutely tell you that I've had a lot of folks come to the trainings, especially in areas where uh, housing prices are going up very quickly, um, asking for help with how do I stay in my apartment. Um, so a lot of, and again, the gentrification, all these other conversations are much more complicated than we often think about. People think that when an area turns over, all the empty buildings get filled up and then other buildings get rehabbed. But that's not the reality of how the real estate market works. In reality, many of the vacant buildings that have been vacant for a long time have huge deferred maintenance bills. And it is cheaper for developers to buy either uh, occupied or very recently occupied rental housing um, in markets where uh, credit is not flowing. And so the prices are artificially low compared to uh, wider markets. So um, in those cases, those tenants then show up at my <laughs> training and they say, we've been living in this building for 10, 12, et cetera years. Uh, a new person bought it. They want to upgrade the building, and they've issued us all eviction orders because none of us have an up-to-date lease. And I, and what happens when you hear somebody saying something like that? I, I tell them I, I'm very sorry, but um, Missouri law says that unless you have an, a, a lease that's in force, uh, you can be evicted with 30 days notice. Okay. Um, and that you should be planning on that attempting to contact the new owners and negotiate more time if necessary. Um, but technically, they could just be thrown out onto the streets. Yes, and they are. And there's nothing that your organization can do about that at that point? It, it, Missouri's, Missouri's landlord-tenant law um, is very specific to folks that have leases. Um, once you do not have a lease, mm -hmm. uh, essentially a landlord can um, 
file for eviction with 30 days notice for no reason. Okay. So let's say I have a lease. What mm -hmm. kind of protections might I have if I'm in one of these neighborhoods where prices are just skyrocketing? Can my landlord just raise my rent willy nilly at, at the end of the 12 months? Yes. Yeah. So when yeah. I'm between leases, yeah, once again, I'm screwed. But, and, <laughs> Great. And, and Thanks, Glenn. This yeah. is really a cheerful conversation. <laughs> right. There, 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 there are no rent control laws in the state of Missouri or anything like that. Um, so, yes, the, the landlord can uh, raise rent per their wishes. Um, uh, so that, that definitely happens. And in the case, again, where we do often see displacement of lower-income folks is you, you have folks that have purchased uh, buildings with the intent of rehabbing them um, into higher-end uh, buildings, and they just have to wait out the leases. Mm -hmm. so, at, at that point, they can just boot people yeah, under Missouri law. So, it, it, you know, it may be occupied to family when they buy it, but if those leases run out in two and three months— they only have to wait two and three months before they can issue that 30-day notice. Um, and again, this is because, you know, oftentimes these, these buildings that are, have been unoccupied for a lot longer time have significantly more deferred maintenance issues, tuck pointing, missing electrical and pipes and stuff compared to um, the cost of buying a building that might be in a little rougher shape, but it is at least occupiable. So this is all a pretty grim batch of news um, for people who are, again, renters. If people are homeowners, they might well be cashing in on this. But for those who are affected by these rising costs, they don't have much recourse under the law. What would you like to see come out of this report? Is there something that, that people concerned about this issue can do? Um, well, first of all, I, you know, again, I, I want to – it is not good news for all homeowners. And rising rents are not even necessarily connected – to rising uh, home values. So uh, 63115 in North City, it has the O'Fallon and other neighborhoods. Um, it is losing population faster than the rest of the city, and yet rents there are still rising faster than the metropolitan area as a whole. And housing values are not budging in there. there it's a cash-only market. Um, so despite the fact that rents are going up in that neighborhood, homeowners in that neighborhood aren't seeing any appreciation on their housing values. Okay. Right? Okay. So yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you, I mean, wait, again, I, I think folks that have really focused in on South City and the Central Corridor in this report, but uh, that the report shows that these rent rises are almost the entire entirety of the city is going up faster than the metropolitan area as a whole. So we actually got a call. Um, I, I guess she didn't want to stay on the line, but Karen, uh, she was calling from Baldwin, and she said she moved there from the Central West End because the rent is a lot cheaper. And she's a person of color and told our call screener that she felt like she was forced out. Are you seeing these people then being forced to move to the county? Um, basically, they're moving to suburban environments rather than something in the city. So, I mean, you have a mix of where folks are moving, and a lot of that also has to do with the income levels of those individuals. So um, if you are, uh, you know, a fairly common thing is that if you are a middle-class African-American in North City and you move and you want to stay in the city, um, you know, you can you consider moving to South City or the Central Corridor, mm -hmm. right? Um, unfortunately, because housing values are so low in North City, um, when you sell your home, you have very low money for a down payment. Mm -hmm. um, and in rapidly escalating property areas or uh, price areas, uh, 
that means that it, there are less options within the city for many African-Americans to move into because of the wealth gap between black and white households. Mm-hmm. Um, so some are moving to the suburbs, some are relocating uh, to the central corridor and south side. But, you know, the question, you know, for the city is if we lose, say, you know, 12,000 African-American, if 12,000 Af- upper middle class African-American families in North St. Louis move in a decade and we only keep three of them, 3,000 of them, mm-hmm. then that's a problem for the city, mm-hmm. right? And it's a problem for those neighborhoods where folks are leaving. And it's important to note that 63115, you know, um, we're not sending a ton of support and, and money to that part of town right now. Not mm-hmm. that we're not sending any, but right. compared to, you know, uh, the amount of market support that is going into other neighborhoods in the city, they see very little. Um, and, you know, I think folks should ask themselves, you know, are we, uh, are we really saving the population and trying to rebuild our population as much as we can if we're not focusing resources on the areas where it is falling? And, I, you know, and I think folks need to, that there needs to be a change in mindset in the city where a lot of folks seem to still act as though our real estate market is stuck in the 90s. And it simply isn't. Things have changed and they're continuing to change. Glenn Burley, Community Engagement Specialist for EHOC, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, sir. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.